This episode is dedicated to Pastor David Ray Wilkerson. The cover art for this photo is from one of his greatest books and works called The Cross and the Switchblade, um, which chronicles his ministry among gang members in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, where he had arrived as a young preacher in the late 1950s. All right. And I'm from Brooklyn and this is really cool. Um, you know, and, you know, Brooklyn was kind of wild. And for this guy to come into Brooklyn and really be cool with the locals and preach to them and then stay in New York City and later build a church. And they made a movie about this. Um, this is really cool. So this episode is dedicated to Pastor David Ray Wilkerson. May he rest in peace and um, enjoy this intense episode. It's really short, but it's in passion and it's a dedication. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, our recovery is the most important thing in our lives. And we're under constant attack. And for me, it's a form of spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, physical warfare, emotional warfare, and psychological warfare. We're at war with ourselves principalities and powers, our environment, and our addictions. So before I start this episode, I just want to say a special prayer that helped put a hedge of protection over me during my recovery and during really tough times where I had to fight twice as hard. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And this episode is a word from a powerful late pastor by the name of David Ray Wilkerson. David Ray Wilkerson was an American Christian evangelist best known for his book, The Cross and the Switchblade. He was the founder of the Addiction Recovery Program Teen Challenge and the founding pastor of the non-denominational Times Square Church in New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, David Ray Wilkerson is one of those old school pastors that you don't really hear anymore. And um, passed away in 2011 from a car crash. Um, and um, I remember the church, uh, the Times Square Church in New York City, being a New Yorker. And... Um, I just think this message is important for the church. I think this message is important for all of the young pastors out there and all of the people in leadership positions who's trying to lead a flock. I think as far as spirituality, there's a greater responsibility for the people of the church and the pastors to really, 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 really take spirituality and faith seriously because for the young kids in recovery and for everyone out there that's really struggling, I think 
we need spirituality and faith more now than ever. And I think a lot of credibility get lost on pastors and priests and people of clergy and leaders who are not serious with the word of God. And it discredits the kingdom and it keeps people who really want to give God a shot away. And this message was more or less to the church overall and for us as um, children of God to take the word of God more seriously. And this could be applicable to any faith necessarily. If you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're of Zen, Indian, Buddhist background, it doesn't matter. It still asks your leaders in your own faith to really step their game up and um, really take God seriously, especially in these current times that we're in. Um and this is a very impassioned sermon entitled A Message to a Lost Generation. And I just wanted to really bring some old school, um, real hardcore faith um, to the community. Um, if you're out there and you find value in this, um, we pray for the late Ray um, Wilkinson, Pastor Ray Wilkinson. And um, I hope you enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. God bless him and his family and um, a little bit more about um, David Wilkerson. Um, Wilkerson's widely distrib distributed sermons such as A Call to Anguish are known for being direct and frank about apostasy. Um, apostasy is the formal disaffiliation from abandonment or renunciation of a religion by a person it can also be defined within the broader context of embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs one who undertakes apostasy is known as an apostate undertaking apostasy is called apostasizing um the term apostasy is used by sociologists to mean the renunciation and criticism of or opposition to a person's form of religion. Um, so this is deep. Again, this is because if a person is an apostate, that means that they turn their back on their faith because somehow they lost faith along the way and they renunciate their form of faith. And um, and I think that's happening a lot these days with faith across the world. I think a lot of people are not just, it's not just in the Christian community. I see a lot of people just giving up on the concept of a God, giving up on the concept of faith, giving up on the concept of spirituality because so many leaders and so many people let people down, you know, um, and there's so many um, um, spiritual leaders out there that's trying, that's not really really walk in the path and walk in the walk. That's why my family, I come from a family of priests and pastors. And although I'm spiritual, I always said to everyone, you know, I never really wanted to play with the office of priest being a priest or clergy, because that's something that is so important. If you're this, if you're gonna be walk the faith and you're gonna commit to being God's shepherd to the people, you have to really take the church seriously. You really have to take your faith seriously and you really have to love God and walk the walk because 
people really know when someone is not walking the walk. And I think that's where the credibility, the lost credibility of the church comes into play and the faith comes into play. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you guys, especially in our recovery, to hold on to faith to hold on to spirituality, to hold on to God, and to go back to your original virtues of what's good. And that can mean anything. I'm not, again, I'm not here to, um, you know, indoctrinate anyone. Me, I'm very well-rounded spiritually, and I respect all spiritual systems, with minus a few. You have... um, I'm definitely not into no negative spiritual systems and they do exist. Um, But you know what I'm saying? If it's good and if it's of God and it's of um, pure hearted nature, I'm with it. So I encourage us to have a deeper relationship with God. And in the memory of David Wilkerson, please enjoy this clip where he passionately um, communicates the need for us to really find our faith to rebuild the church um the spiritual church and to really take god seriously i hope you guys enjoy god bless you thank you now folks listen to me please i told you that being prepared is no joking matter i'm going to ask i I, i'm not trying to be facetious i'm asking you to to hear this Pastor, like you've never heard any preacher in your life now. Because many of your souls depend on it right now. Folks, it's time to take the word of God seriously. God means what he says. But I honestly believe that God looks down on a church that's fast asleep. He's looking down right now on a church that is unconcerned about his soon coming. The church no longer is intimate with Christ, no longer dependent wholly on God, dependent on the Holy Spirit, but running around with schemes and plans and dreams and networking and strategizing and committee meetings, trying in the flesh and sweat, trying to make it rather than depend on God, Almighty God. The church doesn't need anything else, but God Almighty on his throne. And now, for the sake of unity, compromise, in comes the gospel of prosperity and the good life. I have to stay on my knees like I did this past week, get low with God and just walk and cry and scream. Oh God, break my heart. Don't let me get addicted to the easy life. The desire for things, that's why the Lord says, don't set your heart on the things of this world. But set your heart on me, Jesus said. I will be your life. And there's a thought that says, Oh Lord, one of these days, this is all going to burn. This is not my life here, Lord. Thank you for this piece of furniture. Thank you for my car. Thank you for the finances you're supplying. But oh God, it's all going up in smoke very soon, Lord. You're my life. When you have time for friends, for family, for relatives, you have no time to dig into the Word of God. You have no time to pray and seek the face of God. And you tell me Christ is your life? But multitudes today are being saturated with your okay messages. How to make Him everything in your life 
so that you don't need the applause of man. You don't need to produce something. You don't have to write something. You don't have to do something. But you lean on Him, and the greatest thing that you're getting from God is revelation of who Christ is. I don't care if anyone ever hears my name again. I don't care if I ever speak to another conference. I've made up my mind with God if the rest of my life were spent nursing Gwen. I would enjoy and rejoice in the Lord. If that were my calling, that's what I would do. You see, God goes through the land. He searches every church in the nation. He searches every pastor's study. He goes through every church looking for seekers. He's looking for those who are into the Word of God, who have taken time. If we are not seeking His face, we are in no position to receive His blessings. In the United States, we're getting letters now from pastors' wives who said, I've been trying to find out why my husband has changed. He doesn't love me anymore. He's empty in the pulpit. He has no anointing. What's happened to him? And they find out. They open the door and they see their husbands watching filthy pornography. I don't want my eyes polluted. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't care who doesn't pray. I'm going to pray. I don't care who doesn't read the Bible. I'm going to read my Bible. I want nothing to do with it. And I cry, oh God, where are the voices? Where are the people? The cry out against them. Where are the praying people? And I say, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, keep me on my knees. And I was in anguish. I was in anguish four blocks from here on Broadway, weeping and crying and wailing. I wasn't looking for a ministry. I wasn't looking to build a church. I was feeling God's pain for a lost city. He's going to show you the condition of His church. He's going to show you the condition of your own heart. And He's going to ask you a question. What is it to you? How can you tell me that you love Him and you're ready to go and you neglect Him day after day after day? Don't tell me you're going. You're not going. You're going to be left behind. God's promised if you will wage war against every sin, every desire that's contrary to Christ, I'll be with you, I'll go before you. But folks, the man who really wins the battle, the man who's ready to face anything that the devil throws out of hell, is the man or woman that's been studying God when there's no crisis, when everything is well, when there seems to be blessing and prosperity. That man is diligent before God and seeks his face. A praying man is as bold as a lion. There's no demon, there's no devil in hell that'll scare him. What God desires more than anything, and I think what blesses the heart of God in heaven, is that those in their good times when all is well, they're not parked in front of a television set watching some filth. They're not foolishly laughing at some program. They are taking special loving time alone with God. They're praying for their families, building up faith for the hour of tribulation. They're seeking the face of God. And your family is in trouble. If you're not a praying man, no amount of preaching, no amount of teaching, no amount of counseling, nothing going to get through to you, nothing going to do the job until you yourself get on your face before God and lay hold of heaven. 
keep us on our face. God, keep me broken. God, keep this church broken. God, don't let us sit back on a crest of blessing and get lazy and see disorder come again to this house. We don't just want crowds. We want your glory in this house, oh God. We want your glory and your power. I tremble at your word. Let us tremble this morning that it's possible for godly men and godly women who once prayed, who once had such an anointing to finally lose it this day of temptation when all hell is breaking loose. God, help us determine I will seek God. I will seek God with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength and all that's in me. That we must not forget, never forget, God's grief against sin in His house and in our own lives. We will preach grace, we will preach mercy. But folks, I want you to know something. God says the day of grace is about to end. The day of grace is coming to an end. Beloved, the Lord loves His church. He loves His people with an undying love. But we are so bent on going our own way. We're so bent on drifting. We're so bent on, on, on giving up that burden of the Lord. That's why God has to keep building a fire on this. I know he has to do that in me. He has to do that in me every, every day. He has to keep stirring my heart. God says, I'm moving. I'm going to do what I promised to do in the last days. Hallelujah. Through the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. God is going to sanctify his church. He's going to sanctify his pulpit. Folks, God has a plan He's working on. You can't see it. I'll tell you, if you knew what God had in store for you, if you seek Him, you'd be so rejoicing you couldn't contain yourself right now. But that's not going to happen if I don't seek Him. I can abort that whole plan and end up in disaster and ruin. Right now, you set your heart. Here's your prophetic word from heaven. If you seek me, you'll find me. I can't help believing in closing that there's going to be a victory march in glory. I'm so glad I'm saved. <clears throat> I love you, Jesus. Rest in peace, Pastor David Ray Wilkerson, and thank you for your dedication and commitment to the Word of God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.